Combination, what up, what up, what up everyone, welcome to episode 214, you heard that right, episode 214 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button, right on your Apple Podcast app, or wherever you listen to Combo's Court, today's show, your own Weitzman, formerly of Bleacher Report author of Tanking to the Top and host of the Weitzman Can't Jump podcast is here virtually to talk about the process this upcoming year for the Sixers and much, much more. You could find your own on Twitter at your own Weitzman. That's Y-A-R-O-N-W-E-I-T-Z-M-A-N. You know you could find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, intro music by Luca Beats, let's get into it. Weitzman, author of Tanking to the Top, previously of Bleach Report, now host of Weitzman Can't Jump Podcast. Welcome to Combo's Court. How are you feeling today? I'm okay. I'm okay. What about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, I know your book is about the process. I know your book is about the Sixers, but can you tell us a little bit more about it? Um, <laughs> Sure. I like to think, so, you know, the, the pitch I gave, it's about that stuff, but it's... um. You know, I like to think that it's also about sort of how the NBA works, right? Like the things that we don't see behind closed doors um, and all the stuff that goes into what we see play out on the court, right? So that's kind of the greater idea, all the egos and agendas and infighting and how decisions get made and how we, um, how games are decided and then all these backroom dealings. Um, that's kind of what I like to think the book is actually about using this, you know, telling that through the Sixers and the process story. That's interesting. I mean, the two most fascinating teams to me are the Sixers and the Rockets, and they still are. And now we got a little bit of a mix of that with, uh, with the Sixers, yes. with, with Daryl Morey's hiring. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when uh, Daryl got hired? Um, I was a bit surprised that they had the, the two sides had flirted, you know, or I think what was it two years? I lose track of time now, like the 2018, before the 2018 season, right? Um, yeah. It's hard. I always, you know, say years and I'm talking seasons now instead of years. Right. Um, <laughs> right. The calendar. So before that, um, there was kind of a belief that maybe more used them to help get a contract extension of the Rockets. Um, you know, after the season, I think I and many others around the league and, you know, just even if you're a casual fan, right, kind of assumed that the Sixers and Maury would discuss things. But then they went and hired Doc Rivers and they started interviewing people to work under Elton Brand and they hired some other front office people. And it sort of seemed like that ship had sailed. You know, you don't think of guys like Daryl Morey coming into infrastructure, coming to teams where the infrastructure has already been laid. Um, that was apparently clearly not the case, right? He clearly did not matter. Um, and so I was pretty surprised, not that like the Sixers and Morey would end up together, but I thought that ship had sailed, I guess is how I would phrase that. Yeah, that's interesting. I think of when people think of analytics, they think of three is more than two. 
But the reasoning for analytics is to just play efficient basketball. Joel Embiid is efficient in the post. I like to think Ben is efficient in transition. They're both efficient around the rim. Do you think this team will have a a way different look than the way he wanted to do things in Houston? Or do you think he'll build around Ben and Joel and try and do a similar? I mean, there's no way they could do anything similar. So are they going to be shooting a whole bunch of threes? I think people want to know, like, that's the best way to put it in layman's terms. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's because Morty said this, right? Yeah, three is better than two, but it's like the whole point is you use your players, you want superstars, and you're trying to score, you know, as efficiently as possible. And like, you know, what I forget the math, you know, there's like a number on points of possession. You want to average, right? Right. Um, like out of one point four, I forget what the number is, something like that. That you know puts you in. If you're doing that, if you're averaging that per possession, this is where like the number this is where quote-unquote analytics are right it's not just looking blindly it's saying you know here's what kind of reverse engineering here's the number we need to be at how can we best get there right that's that's the old like baseball thing it's not it's not it's not how many games or it's not how many home runs can we hit it's we need to score more runs than the other team if we score this many runs we'll make the playoffs how do we score as many runs you have to get on base you know like you kind of reverse engineer so it's a long-winded way of answering your question like no, he'll feature Joel Embiid, right? That's great. I'll do that. Um, you know, maybe you can put some more shooters around Joel Embiid and you can get shooters that way. You know, you definitely out of the post. And if they're not, they, I, you know, the dream Joel Embiid thing is him learning how to recognize you have enough shooters around him that you can spread the floor and make defenses make hard choices and him recognizing how to pass at a double teams and or him learning how to recognize double teams and that's how you create your efficient offense where you're making defenses basically choose hey you play on one-on-one you're going to give up two points or you can send the double and we're going to get a cutter and open three right that's kind of the ideal there so it's not about jacking up as many threes it's about getting good shots either at the rim and you know everyone thinks of threes layups and free throws are better than threes even you know every like Darren Morey would say so too so it's you know I expect the Sixers to play differently than they did last year but I don't expect them to look like the James Harden led Rockets. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't like the way the trades Ben because I think they just focus on what he can't do instead of looking at everything he can do because he does so many things at an elite level. I mean, that guy is just really like he's he's different, man. And I don't think he gets his just due. How do you feel about Ben's game and fans reaction to him? Um, I think it's, you know, again, fair and not, you know, is this the answer is to most of these things, you know, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, right. Ben Simmons is a fantastic defensive player. He's a fantastic, you know, he creates all sorts of problems in terms of his speed and ability to grab the rebound and go. He can create all sorts of points, right? So like he struggles offensively sometimes, but he's generating lots of points for you. Um, you know, it's I, the shooting thing is still an issue, right? That's the problem. The shooting thing is still, and we see yeah. this now in two playoffs, um, two playoff series last year he was hurt, but two playoff series where teams in the playoffs, they just figure out ways to load up on him and it's okay, but then he's got to be willing to adjust his role a little bit. So to not, if you're going to be somebody who's not willing to even take a jump shot or work on it, and you're also insist on being the primary ball handler, which he was basically until, you know, before the restart last year, he was going to play a little four um, and then he got hurt. Um, and that was one of the issues with Jimmy Butler there. So if you're going to be those two things, you're creating lots of problems for your team. Uh, and part of it's not his fault, right? He happens to be on a team where, you know, he, like, if he's on one of the few teams that have a superstar center, most teams don't have centers who are like star guys. You have to build around most teams. Centers these days are interchangeable. So that's, you know, a lot of context there as well. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. And I've always said this, people heard me say this on the podcast as well. If he had like Giannis's spot with the Bucks, like how would Ben yeah. Simmons look? 
Yeah, no, he'd be good. The thing is, but here's the difference, right? So, yeah, they, if you swap the two of them, just the same, everything else the same, you swap the two of them and put Ben as the Bucks. Um, that team's a playoff team for sure, but he's not quite good enough to get, like, he's not good enough to make that a championship contender. That's the. Do we, that do we know that, question. though? Do we know that? Yeah. I mean, I guess we don't know that, but I think most people would, would you know, we asked most people in the know and they would say that's the case. He's smaller. He's not as good as creator. He doesn't score points. He's not going to score 30 a game. Um, it's just a different kind of thing, right? He's not quite at that level. So like, if you have these weaknesses, you got to be at a certain level or you have to be willing to adjust in some way. He's not quite a top five, 10 player and he's not willing to adjust so far. So that would be the concerns um, you would have about him. Fair enough. Okay. I wanted to backpedal a little bit through the process because this is an interesting topic for me. Um, when there's a lack of transparency, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and uh, the market situation was just so crazy to me what's the biggest misconception about that whole situation um the markel fault situation the biggest misconception that's a good question um misconception i mean <laughs> i don't know about misconceptions it just the whole thing was a mess right i guess how right. much context goes into or how many little things can create the snowball effect and and derail the whole thing you know so whether it's you've got to go back to understand that story. You have to go back to Fultz's childhood to understand that, you know, he was not a compared to Ben Simmons, right? Ben Simmons was groomed to be a superstar and NBA player. They've under the spotlight since he was like, you know, 12, 13 years old. Markel Fultz was a late bloomer. He played, he was playing JV basketball his sophomore year. He was not a child star. Um, and that's very different for guys who are number one picks. So this all came very quick and very fast for him. Um, right. The idea of fame and being put under the microscope and that can affect a person and those around them. So you have that stuff and, you know, everyone's kind of wants a piece. Um, the Sixers being a little blind or not understanding the idea, you know, he had, Fultz had a workout for them. It was a fake workout. It was more of a, a press junket, really. But Fultz was awful. And the Sixers just assumed, OK, well, we did our scouting already. Um, the other thing is, I just think it was something that, like, I guess it could have been handled differently. But just there were so many different agendas there and so many people who. There's so many little things, I guess, would be the answer. So many different little things coming together and coalescing as well. So, you know, one of the stuff I have in my book also is like the example of um, how Markel Fultz's mom created some hardships for him. And you understand that, you know, she was, I'm going to forget now because it's, I believe she was raised by her grandmother, I believe, right? Her parents were not in her life, I believe, or her father, at least, maybe both parents. So you understand how somebody who grows up in that environment could maybe hold on to their kid a little too tightly, right? It's a very understandable reaction. Right. Um, so you have that, but that manifests itself in a way where she's then having Markel Fultz forcing him to choose between his best friend who's serving as manager, who she's annoyed at, or her, right? Which is not really a choice and making him fire the best friend uh, the manager and best friend and have him move out of the house because she doesn't think he's helping Markel, um, you know, cause she thinks he's telling her, you know, giving Markel too much freedom examples like that. So I think there's just a lot of little things that play in and made a uh, combustible situation. Yeah. I think what I wanted to know was how much of it was physical and how much of it was mental with Markel. Cause I think that was the lack of transparency. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, to, I'd be like, I don't know, right? Okay. I, I, it, the, the Sixers, the Sixers are pretty like they believe there was more mental than physical. I would say that you know they had a shoulder okay. injury, um, and like the examples being you know also and you'd see um, you know he said his shoulder would hurt, but then he'd throw the ball, you know, take pretend like joke around that practice and take full court shots, right, or windmill dunks, or right. things. So maybe you could do that if you have the shoulder injury and different injuries are different. But I don't know. I think the Sixers were of the belief that. 
it was more of a mental thing. Not that there was nothing bothering him, right? But that there are ways, you know, and mental issues are like, you can create anyone that's had any mental health stuff. Like you can, like, if you're feeling something, it's real. It's not that you're not feeling it, right? It's how do you address it? And it, can all, it doesn't mean like surgery is the answer. There are other ways to address things. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad he's back playing and it looks I think he'll be a good NBA player. Let me stay on the process. Um, how does the fan base feel about the process looking back? Um, which part of the fan base, right? Fan bases are big things. Um, yeah, in general, in group? general. I mean, you, you know, the general consensus of what how the fans felt. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know it, it, was, anybody, it was pretty right? split. Yeah, it was okay. pretty split still. Um, or I mean, I think as time has gone on, I mean, it goes both ways, right? Um, I think people have, you know, they um, they recognize that Hinky left them, you know, in a better situation. Maybe people who are more anti it, right? Like realize that there were some mistakes made in the years after, and all the mistakes made in the years after has made Hinky look better. Um, at the time, they're pretty split. There was a, it was mostly like a lot of age groups too. You know, younger people who grew up in the Moneyball era and fantasy sports, and you know, following the games from the perspective of the GM. Right. Yeah, um, I love oh, that stuff. People who fantasy, all that. Yeah, yeah. People who went to work all day just wanted to come home and watch a good basketball game at night, and like you know, followed it differently. Were pretty annoyed, right? And it kind of went down party lines. Um, then there was this uh, there was this podcast also, the rights to Ricky Sanchez, which was created by two local people, or a local radio guy and a uh, native com- uh, comedian from who grew up in the Philadelphia area, moved out to L- L.A. Um, and they uh, they became sort of like the leaders of the hinky following and the pro process following, and they and they, their megaphone was loud, and the Sixers were very aware. And they, I think, to this day, still have impact and effect on the moves the Sixers make. As funny as that sounds, like they, it's it's oh, really to have an it's, it's when I say impact, like the Sixers are very aware of them, right? And it's like you have this giant fan base, and they, it's like a union almost. Think of it that way, right? What's their, the I, I, I gotta, I gotta, what's the their names right, again? I got I got it. What's the the rights to Ricky Sanchez, Spike okay. Esky, Mike Levin. Um, okay. They're pretty funny. It's a good, fun podcast. Um, okay, I got to listen. It's just, yeah, it's just they're, they they have a megaphone, right? And they're united from behind them. And they hold, you know, a lot of people who, uh, a lot of in, uh, influence over lots of fans, right? And with that comes some sort of power and they're aware of it. Yeah, that's interesting. I think a fan base's or even media's impact on a team's decision-making is not the right way to go. It's not an impact on this. It's a, I mean, I, I agree with you sometimes. Um, it depends too, right? But I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just find it interesting, right? That they were just yeah. very. That no, definitely interesting. Was very, Madger is very aware of their of their um, stance on things, and I hear them. Doesn't mean it always has an impact, but they. I guess I shouldn't say impact, but they're aware of them, right? And I think. Okay. That if you're if it's the same way people used to read the papers, right? Like tabloids in New York or whatever, right? You're doing that stuff like that stuff influences people. Yeah. It's, it really does. Interesting. All right. Back to present day Sixers. What I will say is that the Sixers have a lot of talent on the court with their two top stars in the front office with Daryl Morey and as the coach with Doc Rivers. I mean, look, man, when you got that kind of talent, you have a chance. Right. But what I really wanted to know, who is running the show, Daryl or Elton? Uh, no, Daryl Morey's coming in like he's not coming into um to work for somebody else, right? He's going to take input, but he's going to be in charge for sure. Okay. Do you think that Elton knows this or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That stuff for sure. That is, um, you know, that that stuff gets discussed before people come in and, you know, Elton Brand, he's, I mean, the, the the org chart, he's a GM and Darren Moore, he's a president of basketball operations. So Darren Moore, he's being paid a very healthy salary. That would make it clear. No, it's that, that, that would definitely be, uh, that's definitely clear and known. 
Okay, now from your own's perspective, what kind of move do you feel they should make to the roster construction to build around Ben and Joel? I feel like they should definitely keep those two. That's my personal opinion. I don't know your thoughts on that, but how would you like to see this roster realistically well, I would keep them both. I would... going? Yeah, going forward. I, yeah. I would tr- I mean, I'll keep them both now and they're going to, I I think, especially for the early part of the season um i would um no i would you know the al horford you see if you can get anything for al horford and josh richardson would be the moves i would play with and maybe a draft pick or a young player and get some wings or shooters or point guard type stuff in there so that's what i expect them to do or look at at least and that's what i would do any validity to the james harden trade rumors him going to philly uh, I mean, the room, like that, like they might call, I mean, teams, these rumors are always funny because teams call, you know, everybody all the time, right? Like everyone's discussed. Um, it depends what gets out. Um, I mean, like in a bead for Harden trade or Simmons for Harden trade, like define truth to it. Could be something both teams look at in a six months if things aren't going well. Yeah, but like don't expect that to happen, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Interesting. You're wrong. Great stuff. Uh, you're always welcome back on the show. Please let us know where they could find your book and find you on social media. Sure. You can check me out on Twitter, Yaron Weitzman, as it sounds, Y-A-R-O-N. And uh, the book is available, as they say, wherever books are sold. You can get Amazon. Bookshop is a great place you can get a uh, delivery for indie bookstores, which is helpful. But wherever you prefer your books, go ahead and check it out. Thanks, Yaron. Really appreciate it. You're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. There it is. Episode 214 is in the books. Thank you to everyone who listens to Combo's Court across the globe. And big shouts to your own for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, let me know how you feel about this episode by dropping a comment right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Leave a five-star rating as well. And be on the lookout for episode 215. Combo out.